Welcome to the Fox Pro Podcast, brought to you by Fox Pro Game Calls. Welcome back to the Fox Pro Podcast. On this episode, we have Joey Hartley of Mangy Dog TV joining us. We're going to be talking about something pretty cool here. Joey has jumped into the coyote decoy dogging world, and he does not limit it to just the denning season. Joey has been getting into some great action decoy dogging during the coyote breeding season. This should be a good one. Joey, we appreciate you coming on, bud. Oh, I appreciate you having me, John. Yeah, what, uh, have you, uh, got your dog out yet this year? Yeah, we, uh, we just started getting them out probably two or three days ago. Um, you know, we haven't found any aggressive coyotes yet, but just right around the corner, I know we're getting to some. Yeah, it'll be, be here pretty soon. We're still kind of in that pre-rut time frame when we're uh, recording this podcast but uh, time it time it hits it'll be right in the middle of it but uh joy before we get into the thick of this podcast won't you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself yeah so um i moved to kentucky after i got out of the army and just started pursuing calling coyotes fell in love with it immediately and then a couple years ago i decided to dive into decoy dogging got a dog from idaho and i mean i thought i loved calling coyotes before but the very first coyote that got decoys it was a whole new level absolutely took the best thing i've ever done in the outdoors and topped it so then we started decoying and breeding season hit and we decided to keep on decoying and we caught some coyotes that would work. And from there, it's just been nonstop obsessed with decoying anytime we can. And, um, you know, just icing on the cake, we get to film it and hunt with the family while we're doing it. Right, right. And, you know, I've, I'm no stranger to the decoy dog world. I've never owned uh, my own decoy dog, um, but I've hunted with, with a lot of great hunters out there all the way across the across the country has had some great dogs so i'm i'm definitely familiar with it but i've always done it in the denning season so i've watched videos with you guys running them during the breeding season it looks awesome and you know i'm looking forward to sharing some stands with you uh later on this year to see if we can't get in on some of that action but uh, uh before i start asking you a few questions and diving a little bit more deeper and i know you just told us a little bit about yourself but tell us about mangy dog tv you just mentioned you know filming filming hunts and hunting with your family. Tell us what Mangy Dog TV is all about. Yeah, so Mangy Dog TV, we got the name because all the good names were taken. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't call coyotes dogs, but, you know, all all the really good ones like fur takers, um, stuff like that were taken. And my wife films probably 99% of our hunts when we're not dogging our son shoots. He just turned 11 yesterday. And what we try to do is take the the hunts and keep them kind of raw and realistic. You know, um, if we're missing coyotes, if we're blowing stands, all of our mistakes are left on the video. It's just we try to make it to where whoever's watching feels like they're on stand with us experiencing it as it goes pretty good stuff i've been uh 
I've been a fan ever since y'all started the channel and just for you guys out there listening, if you ever want to watch some of Joy's stuff, it's it's uh it's a YouTube based show. Just head over to, to YouTube, look up Mangy Dog T V and you're gonna see some see some good coyote calling action, especially that decoy dog and they got a dog named Rip. He's a he's a wild looking sucker and I tell you what, he can decoy a coyote. It's it's some pretty pretty awesome fast paced action that you guys will definitely enjoy, I guarantee it. So um uh, Joy, there's probably people out here listening who aren't familiar familiar with decoy dog and coyotes. Um, won't you give us just your general definition of what that is of of coyote decoy dogging? Yeah. So overall, you have a dog that engages a coyote and works that coyote, keeps them on stand longer, and stretches out the interaction. You know, there's different opinions on what classifies as a dog that's decoying a coyote everybody's got their own view on it but i like to have a dog go get in there after him um and rips that dog so we try to push it as much as we can he loves to do it so if the coyotes are aggressive and their work you know we'll have him work coyotes for 15 20 minutes in front of us and you, you end up with these coyotes 15, 20 yards away, scratching, barking, just yep. the interactions and the sides of the coyote that you see through the, the decoying process is really neat. Yep. Yep. That's, that's the good stuff there. And pretty much put it, put it, you know, bluntly is, you know, you've still got to call a coyote up. You, you call coyotes up, then your, your dog goes out and, the dog and the coyote actually engages with with each other, and then it's kind of just like a bluffing game of one running one off, and the other one following it back and trying to run it off. And it's like Joy said, once once it happens, if it ever ends up into your lap, which it can a lot of times, it just steps. That's a pretty pretty cool experience when you hear of a coyote just say eight ten steps away from you and he's squalling barking mad. You can feel it vibrating through your chest when he howls. That's that's a pretty cool experience. That'll hook anybody. What time of uh, let me ask you this, Joey? What uh, what made y'all decide to try decoy dogging during the breeding season? Like we was talking about before earlier on, it's you know most for most people it's just a denning season time frame occurrence you don't see too many people take their decoy dogs out and try it during the breeding season what made you think that you wanted to try see if you can make it work i actually wasn't planning on it working well um i think i had my timeline backwards but we got ripped in the spring so when breeding season hit he was about eight months old okay and um you know i was like we can wait till next spring to get him on coyotes or we can go ahead and get him on coyotes now, you know? Um, so I just took him out, figured we'd at least get him to engage in coyotes, you know, have him chase some, get, get his feet wet. But the, the first coyote he engaged followed him back. And then from there, it's like, you know, um, we're getting his dog exposure He's working coyotes. They're working him. We're all having an absolute blast. So it was kind of just a, a timing thing. You know, he was old enough to hunt by our standards and just happened to be breeding season. So we right. took a shot on it. Right, and you was, wanting to, you was wanting to put coyotes in front of him. You wanted him to see some coyotes to kind of get used to it. 
That's, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that, and that's one thing, I guess, another thing we need to ex- explain here is traditionally decoy dog and coyotes is a, is a denning season time frame sport. You know, time coyotes put pups in the ground late springs when you start or in the springs when you start uh, getting into some of that action. And what would you say? It, it, it can be pretty good all the way through August, would you say, even into September a little bit maybe? I've had good stands – into the first week of september yeah yeah so what what's going on is is you know your coyotes are super aggressive territorial while they got pups in the ground and and if there's any other kind of canine that comes around whether it's a dog other coyotes strange coyotes whatever a coyote's wanting to run them out of their area so that's pretty much the gist of it that's what's going on and of course another time frame when they're super territorial guess what it's during the it's during the breeding season so I've got a few things here I want to ask you, Joy, that uh, to kind of get in tight on this subject. And uh, the well, the the first things first is I kind of mentioned this just a minute ago, but you still have to call in a coyote even if you are using a decoy dog. Isn't that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the the dogs aren't helping you until you get the coyotes called in. Right. Then that's when when you get a coyote called in. That's when the that's when the real action starts right yeah absolutely um you know you you can't just sit in the field and have a dog on stand and have coyotes magically show up mad wanting to wanting to work the dog right right you gotta throw some sound out there when you uh when you call coyotes in during the breeding season and they do engage with the dogs what are you doing next with your Fox Pro? Like when you're on sound, are you playing any sound? You know, like if the dog goes out and you've got a coyote, it's going to work. Um, you muting the call, switching sounds, switching volume, keeping everything the same. Everything the same. What what's going through your mind? How do you play out a stand once you have a coyote and your dog uh, decoying? When I know the coyote sees Rip and Rip is running after him, I'll mute the call when i normally let rip pretty much do whatever he wants within reason he'll run the coyote to the closest piece of timber most of the time uh-huh. and when i lose sight of that coyote rip will go about 10 yards in and then turn around and come back when i see rip coming back i'll turn a fight on and then when i see that coyote coming i'll mute the call again gotcha and then um you know rip's trained to engage with the uh, six six command Yep. But I also have a pup sound that he naturally engages off of. Uh-huh. So when that calls me, the rip will come back and normally sit down like five feet in front of me. When that coyote gets up and starts posturing, I'll turn that pup sound on and rip takes back off. And then I mute the call again. I'll mute it because if you leave the call running the whole time, the coyote kind of gets used to it. So... If the coyote starts to drift off and disengage, you can't do anything at that point except change sounds. But if you've had the call muted, when the coyote starts to lose interest, you can turn the call back on and you can see their interest peak again and normally they'll come back in just off of that. Right. Well, let me ask you this. He's talking about Rip coming back. Um, are you commanding Rip to come back when you want him to? Say, like using a collar with a tone or a vibrate or something like that, or, or is Rip coming back when he feels like he needs to come back, or both? He's trained to recall the tone, but I think 
by halfway through the first summer season, he grasped what we wanted and what we expected so much that, I mean, I don't hardly ever tell him anymore. Right. You know, he knows what he's out there to do and he's good at it. So he just comes back um, pretty much right when I would expect him to. Right, right. I'm assuming you still run a collar on him, though, either way, just in case you get in a situation where you need him to come back or, or something like that. Yeah, he, he still has a collar. Um, it's got a shock option, too. I love having that. Just um, I'm a big fan, and having the ability to shock a dog to avoid some type of horrible situation you know um he's still a dog he's gonna do some silly stuff if he decides to go run after a horse you know i'm gonna shock him something like that yeah we we, like to have that option we are in horse country here in central kentucky that's for sure and sometimes they can that's a that's a nightmare in more ways than than one that some people might not realize one thing is is a is a uh, horse can really, really, really hurt a dog if it wants to, and just flat out maim them or kill them, or both. You know, I mean, it they can they can hold their own with a dog. Also, a dog can hurt a horse. You never want to be hurting somebody else's animal. And another thing about that is, right here in Central Kentucky, uh, this is the horse racing capital of the world. There is some high, high, high high-dollar horses out here in this part of the world, and you definitely don't want your dog chasing a high-dollar horse. <laughs> People right. tend to not like that. <laughs> That's how you lose a farm. That's exactly how you lose a farm. Maybe maybe, maybe have a lawsuit on your hands if you ain't careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? No, it's horrible. So what you're saying is, like, when you're working a stand uh, with a coyote that's been called up, him and rips engaged they're they're playing a game you know rips pushing him off he's coming back and the coach and toe coming right back and they might do that two or three times on stand but what you're saying you're doing is you're just reading the body language of rip and the coyote uh just letting them dictate the stand how you start running your call like how you're what you're doing with your remote far as dictating sound yeah, absolutely. And uh, what's neat is Rip does the same thing with the coyote he's working. If it's an aggressive coyote, he'll stay on him really hard. But if it's not an aggressive coyote, he switches, and he allows more um, distance between him and the coyote. It's it's wild to see, but it's like he knows that that coyote won't tolerate as much, so he's softer on him because he knows what the end state of the stand is. We're going to get that coyote killed. And then if the coyote does run off and not come back, he'll go out to the last spot he saw the coyote and keep on coming back and forth. Or if that coyote's staying, you know, let's say 300 yards out, he'll go to just like the threshold that the coyote will tolerate without running further and then come back trying to pull that coyote in closer. What what makes you decide that it's time uh, time to dispatch a coyote? You know, what do you want to see? You want to let them just milk them for everything you can to watch the show, and then and then you know if they start to finally lose interest, start to get out of there. That's when you're shooting them, or what? What's telling you it's time to shoot a coyote? Does Rip tell you? Rip say, "Hey, I'm tired of this. Shoot this thing," or or what? If you let it go long enough, he'll let you know. But um, we we try to have him go out to engage three times. Yep, that's kind of our unwritten rule. 
Good stuff. Good uh, stuff. And, it, and it seems like, you know, from what I watch, he's enjoying it just as much as you guys are. Oh, he loves it. It's it's amazing how much he loves to go out and hunt and work coyotes. So call a coyote up, Rip takes them out, they come back, you let that happen two more times, and then you're all killing a coyote. Yep. Um, that's the, the standard we try to go by. You know, if it's a real aggressive good stand, we might let it go a little bit longer. Um, sometimes you can tell a coyote's not coming back for the third time. And that's right. That's where it gets hard because we'll let some of them go, and then um, we'll still shoot a couple of them. Right. It just depends on how it's been. Right, right. And that, I mean, that's just every coyote's different. I mean, it, like I was talking about earlier about uh, body language, you know when it's probably time to get one killed, you know, that he's maybe fixing to leave and not going to come back or just from that initial reaction. But uh, um, another question here I got for you kind of on that same line say if you call in a breeding pair of coyotes or even a family group of coyotes during the breeding season you have some decoy dog action you know they engage a little bit do their thing and you shoot that first coyote you know say he's rips took them out two or three times whatever you're all looking for you shoot that first coyote what's the next move are you are you switching sounds to work that other coyote back in? Are you shooting at that other coyote or coyotes as they're running off? What's your next move? Are you trying to call those coyotes back in for a little bit more decoy dog action? Or, or what's what's going through your mind after you shoot that first coyote that's either in a pair or family group? So we won't take any running shots with rip on stand just because, you know, you're focused on that coyote and you're not focused on where rip's at. Right. So we try to avoid doing that. At the at the shot, Rip's gonna go grab that coyote shot. So right. what we're gonna do is turn on fight and that other coyote normally is gonna look over its shoulder and see Rip on that coyote and that's gonna make it turn around and come back. Yes, but I mean I've seen that tons of times during the denning season months. You know, you got a you got a denning pair or a uh, or a big male or or mean female and they've got a helper with them or whatever and you shoot one of them a lot of times if you got a fight going and and that other coyote comes back and sees the dog wooling on its buddy usually usually you're gonna see see another show pretty quick you're i mean that's a good time to pick up those doubles and triples a lot of times yeah it's what rip's gonna do is he's gonna grab that coyote and he it's his now he doesn't want to give it up right so he's gonna be holding that coyote trying to keep it away from the other coyote that came back and you just get this weird keep away game that's a blast to watch yep yep let me ask you this here what what about if you call in coyotes you know call coyote in and and it runs off or they run off and they're not wanting any part of the dog here during the breeding season Um, what's your next move there do you keep trying to work those coyotes from that stand or when you see them run off when they see rip you just get up and leave and go to the next stand or what's your what's your thought process process there you know because you know if they i guess it's the one thing i guess kind of reading their body language there how they react but that's what i'm wondering so you got coyotes it's coming good you're you're maybe you probably even run a breeding season type sequence you have a pair of coyotes or a single or whatever show up they see rip they see the dog and they're like nope we're out of here. Do you keep trying to call them, keep trying to milk them, see if you can't get them back in, or you just get up and leave? Nine out of ten times if they're barking, you can get them to come back, um, even if it's just a 
So you're saying if so you're saying if they run off and then like go back to cover and then all of a sudden they get to you know whatever you're going to keep trying to work them then. Yeah, because I guarantee you know they're going to be able to see that field that you're in. Rips running around there. You're shuffling through sounds. If, if they're barking like that, normally they're poked back out. But we'll uh, we're willing to stand out for a couple minutes just to see. A lot of times too, they're uh, they're pop up somewhere downwind, right? Um, just to see the dog and see what's going on again, right? You know, and I've seen that during the denning season months that that, and it's a it's a odd thing. It's like sometimes you call in a coyote and you might even call him into something pretty aggressive, some kind of fight. And then when he gets there, he sees a he sees a dog, he sees another canine, and all of a sudden he just wigs out, and runs off, and you're like, "What in the world did that coyote expect to see?" You know, we're here playing fight sounds. What did that coyote want to run up here and find? So it's kind of one of those odd things. But a lot of times they run off with that type of sound. They get back in the cover and they get to thinking. It's almost like uh, uh, they have this second thought, like, "Hey, what?" what was that out there? Was that a dog? Maybe I need to run back over and run him out of my area type thing. Yeah. It's, I, I've ran into coyotes. That I don't understand. We had one come out to some house and he was like 400 yards away. Saw rip and as fast as he could straight lined straight to rip. As soon as rip put pressure on him, he probably ran to Tennessee. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's just uh, those coyotes, none of them like having a dog around, but a lot of them just don't want to have a dog put pressure on them. Right, right, right. Let me ask you this here. This will go right on line line with what we've been talking about here for the last couple questions. Do you feel like there are certain sounds that you play during the breeding season that if a coyote comes in, you know, he comes into those sounds that you're playing. Is there certain sounds that they're more likely to work a dog once they show up? Say, like, say, um, for instance, say a coyote that shows up to you playing prey distress, like a rabbit sound. Say you're playing adult cottontail for Fox Pro versus some type of coyote vocal, whether they show up to a howl, uh, some kind of female whimpers of breeding type sound, or a fight or, or whatever is there certain sounds that coyotes will show up to during the breeding season that you're that's more likely for them to be aggressive towards a dog versus others yeah uh any coyote based sound if we're trying to decoy we won't touch prey stress at all right that's that's interesting you hear a lot of people say that there's mixed opinions on that i you know, we heart rarely run any kind of prey distress during the summer months. It's it's always coyote vocalizations for, for with the guys that I hunt with. Now I know a lot of other guys they like they like throwing fawn out there and 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 rabbits and whatever. And sometimes you see some of that action that they get off that. But but in your opinion, you'd rather you'd rather be if you're decoying whether it's denning or breeding season, you want them come in on a on a uh, coyote vocal of some sort. Yeah, I just think um, if you look at the the reason the interaction works, you want that coyote coming in already mad with the intention of an encounter with a coyote or a dog that wants to run off. Right. If a coyote comes in for an easy meal and sees opposition, there's a pretty good chance it's not trying to fight over a rabbit. Right. He might might want to fight if... uh... 
a dog's in there and he might be trying to hit on his his female though right absolutely <laughs> hey do you do you see in a breeding season do you notice that say male versus females do you notice one of the two being more aggressive than the other or are they equally aggressive during the breeding season when there's a dog involved or have you seen any correlation with that last winter every time we call a double in and one of them took off and we only killed one it was always a female in the heat that stayed to work for dogs right right which i think you know that's been something we've mentioned before it seems like early in the breeding season when we start running breeding season type sounds where they're just all coyote howls and breeding type wines and chirps and breeding fights and that type of stuff it seems like at earlier part of the breeding season you'll call in a lot of singles and usually when you kill those singles they're they're females and i've always thought it had to be a female just coming in to run other females out of our area so they don't get bred so that kind of makes sense that makes sense to me that you know and a lot of times you know those those more fiery coyotes in the summertime, a lot of times you get up there and it's some kind of old skanky female coyote. It's uh, maybe an older coyote, usually pretty, pretty bitey and and yappy as well. So that's that's neat. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think um, like what you said with denning season last summer, we had three coyotes actually try to square up and fight Rip, and two of them were wet females. Yep. 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 Let me ask you this here, calling single coyotes versus breeding pairs versus family groups during the breeding season, do you see a correlation of which ones are more likely to work the dogs? I mean, is, do you see singles that come in are more as just as likely to work uh, work rip as a breeding pair or a family group? Do you see any differences in that? Um, you know, we've had it go – Yes and no, any possibility, but normally if you've got a pair or a group, one or two will work and the other ones will stay about a hundred yards past them and just kind of sit there and watch. I see, I see. So you've, you've called singles in before, the single work during the breeding season, you've called in breeding pairs and they work, and then the same thing for the family groups, pretty much yeah, what you just said. Right, that's the downside to decoys. It's just you never know. You know, you can have singles that work, singles that don't, doubles that work, or just one or none of them. You know, it's just flipping a coin and those coyotes first to get pressured by the dog. What do you think your percentage is as far as during the breeding season running using the dog? Say the coyotes that you call in, what's the percentage at work and what's the percentage that run off and you never see again? I actually just sat down and looked at that. Um, breeding season was 50%. 50%. So you've got a 50-50 chance whether one's going to work or not. Yep. And that's, of course, the only place you've done it, I'm assuming, is in Kentucky. Yeah, the only place I've dogged in uh, breeding seasons here. Yeah. Now, what about what's it look like for you during the denning season, during the summer months? Is Does that ratio change for you? I know you hunt yeah. a couple of other states other than just Kentucky during the breeding season. So it'd be kind of interesting to hear what the differences would be. Yeah. Uh, denning season was 81%. Right. 
Really, really. So definitely, definitely more dog interactions, more decoying in the summer months. Yeah, it's still just as weird. Like, uh, we called in a quad, and we were like 200 yards away from the den. Um, you know, we heard the pups. They're there. All four coyotes ran away. Right, right. Just You know, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, I bet I know the answer to this, but it, you might mix some of this in from time to time because we kind of touched on it a little bit. But what about, uh, talking about sounds, what about running prey distress during the breeding season when you do have your decoy dog on stand? Do you ever mix in any kind of prey distress or you keep it 100% coyote vocal based when, when the breeding season's in? Yeah, um, it's going to be a hundred percent coyote based if I'm trying to decoy it all. Yeah. Okay. Cause you just feel like it's not going to be very productive if you call one in a rabbit or something like that for trying to get them to decoy dog. Yeah. You know, um, like we call one in the rabbit. I'm sure eventually we could get one to like poke its head back out. Just have to get we, that right coyote. So yeah. But speak. we could shoot it. But we don't like to do that. I want a child that actually wants to work. Right, um, exactly. You know, we let a lot go just because they don't work good enough. Because what we realized was if you shoot those coyotes the first time they come back, the dog starts to expect that because he's looking forward to the end state of being able to chew on a coyote. Right. So then it kind of like makes it to where he doesn't want to work as hard because he realizes he doesn't have to and he still gets to chew on a coyote. Do you feel like running decoy dogs helps you kill more coyotes or less? Man, that's a tough one because, uh, you know, if you get the right coyotes, you can kill doubles and triples really easy. You don't have to rush it, um, but dogs do that work for you. Right. But at the same time, you're also running coyotes off. But I think probably by the end of the year, you will kill more coyotes having a good dog. Right. Right. Yeah, it will totally, totally make sense. That's for sure. Um, get, getting back to the sounds there, and I want to ask you about sounds for breeding season versus denning season when you're calling. We know you're going, the way it sounds, you're going to be 100% coyote vocals for both time frames, but what sounds are you playing during the breeding season that you might necessarily might not be playing during the denning season? What's what's the big difference in your two type of sequences? I'd say denning season. Um, I'm throwing out some of the chirps, the whines, and I'm finishing with a pup distress still compared to in the summer. I'm escalating the stands, and my last sound is a really aggressive sound. Right, right. So, so denning season coyotes, a lot of times you're probably starting out with a howl, then your small puppy stuff and just keep progressing in intensity and stuff throughout the stand, getting into just small puppy stuff to pup distresses, to pup fights, to all-out fights probably. Right, absolutely. Pretty much generate, kind of generalize it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So in place of the small puppy stuff during the breeding season, you're putting some more breeding season type sounds, like the female whimpers and that type of stuff. Right, which, I mean, a lot of guys say it won't work, but I kill a lot of breeding season coyotes to uh, small pup sounds. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Well, what does, uh, tell us what a breeding season sequence sounds like. 
from Joy Hartley of Mangy Dog TV. Say if, uh, you know, right smack dab during the breeding season, you got your decoy dog out there with you, you're wanting to call in coyotes, see if they can't work your dog, get some action in, tell us your, tell us your sequence you're going to run through. Yeah, so I'll start off with a female howl, maybe like a female deep howl, and then I'll answer it with a pair of howl. I'm a sucker for pair howls. And then um, I'll go into a couple minutes of a small puppy sound and then start hitting my chirps, my uh, breeding growls, stuff like that, the wands. And then I'll go into probably like bump and grind. And then I'll hit um, female submissive. And then I'll finish it out with a couple minutes of pup screams. Nice. It sounds pretty solid, but I'm going to put the pressure on you. I ain't going to let you. Hey, this is a place for secrets here, Joy. This is where we tell everybody secrets. You said a lone howl and a group howl. What's your favorite lone howl that you like to run on a breeding season stand? You can use Fox Pro, MFK. Tell us what you like to open. What you opening up with tomorrow morning? What's that first, um, what's that first sound you're hitting? Probably female deep. Fox Pro's female deep house. It's a pretty good howl, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I love it. All right. You play that out, and while you, you say you like to answer it back with some form of power howl, what's your favorite power howl you like to run? Honestly, um, I don't have a favorite. I've I've never met a power howl that I didn't like. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it, whichever one um, the button hits first when my eyes notice it, I'm probably hitting it. Right. So you don't have one that's saved in your presets is what you're telling me. No. Good stuff. So then right at, so you're letting out a lone howl, waiting a little bit, then answering yourself back with a group howl, pair howl, something like that. And then you're going to go right into your, your whimpers and whines type stuff. What, what type of those sounds you like playing, which like be specific. You like Fox Pro's female whimpers. You like MFK's breeding growls and chirps. What, what's, what you like playing out of that type of type of sounds i like the uh female breeding growls um i like to let that just kind of run at a low a lower volume for a couple minutes and then throw some of the chirps on top of it right and then i'll pause for maybe a minute uh, i normally don't pause a whole lot but in breeding season i catch myself having a lot of pauses and then I'll go into bump and grind and then roll straight into submissive wands after bump and grind. Yep. And then I'll do another little pause and then hit um, female submissive and go straight into pup screams. You, you was talking about your pauses. So you keep your, if you do pause, you're keeping it pretty short during the, during the breeding season? Um, It'll be 30 seconds to a minute. Yep. And what I've noticed a lot is, um, especially coming out of an aggressive sound like bump and grind. Yep. Um, when, when I play those aggressive types of breeding fights, if I pause it for 30 seconds to a minute and then go into a pup distress, most of my coyotes show up within the first 30 seconds of that pup distress. I got you. I got you. Well, how long of a stand are you making during the breeding season? The average will be... 15 to 17 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
hey, all you guys out there listening, how do you like me pulling all them sounds out of Joy? He was going to try to generalize it for us. I wasn't going to let, hey, I wasn't going to let you get away with that, Joy. Oh, it's all right. I'll, I'm mixing it up from day to day. <laughs> I like hearing everybody's favorite sounds because a lot of times I find it that uh, a lot of a lot of these sounds that uh, that people really like and have had a lot of success with. You know, they're some of my favorite sounds as well. So I always like hearing everybody's answers when it comes to that. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this: Would you rather hunt? We're going to kind. Of, we're kind of getting towards the end of this podcast. So, you know, I don't know if you've listened to many of them, Joy Hartley, but I usually throw a few questions at the end of them just to see, just some quick hit stuff to see what uh, what people's answers are. Would you rather hunt breeding season coyotes or denning season coyotes for decoy dogging, and why? I'd say denning season. Um, one, the coyotes are more likely to work, and they're more aggressive, and I just, the entire atmosphere of hunting, you know, like a June, it's like 60 degrees in the morning, you know, it just feels nice. And then you get real vocal, aggressive coyotes. Then you're flicking ticks off, swatting well, mosquitoes, stomping hey, on snakes. They got to eat too. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> they might as well be eating on a Hartley. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this here this is this is one of my favorite this is one of my favorite questions here i've been asking a lot of people this here lately and i think it it says a lot about the answers and it's just cool i love here i love asking this question if your life depended on you killing a coyote all right I'm going to drop you off in the middle of nowhere, some deserted place. There's not any kind of civilization for hundreds of thousands of miles, all right? I mean, you if if you don't kill a coyote in this area, then your life's over. You have to spend the rest of your life eating those ticks that you're flicking off and mosquitoes you swatting and that snake gets you stomped. That's the only thing you're going to have to eat. But if you kill a coyote, I'll come back in there with a helicopter and save your life, take you back to your family, and you can live your life right back out right there in central Kentucky, okay? The thing is, I'll give you a give you a fully loaded X-24, have every bit of the Fox Pro library, have every bit of the MFK library on it, so you should be good for calling a coyote. I'm going to hand you a rifle. The thing that you do get to choose is you get to choose that rifle caliber. Okay, your life depends on you killing a coyote. You're going to call a coyote up. I'm going to hand you one bullet. So you've got one shot to kill this coyote. What caliber is Joy Hartley choosing to save his life if his life depended on him killing a coyote for somebody to come in and save you? I'm going to say 22 Creed. 22 Creed. Very interesting. Might be the first time we've heard that one yet since I've been asking it. Tell me about, yeah, tell you know, me why you're choosing it, 22 Creed. Uh, I've been shooting one for a while now. I've shot coyotes with a 223, a 204, a 6.5, a 243, and 22 Creed. And I honestly don't know. If I have lost a coyote with 22 Creed, I've made some questionable shots as we all do from time to time. And you still gather that coyote? Yeah. I mean, you know, not because Rip ran it down and grabbed it for me. Like, 
even without rip, like we've still recovered all of them. Hey, that you talked me into it. I mean, what more could you ask for? If your life depended on it, you know that you can just put a bullet in that coyote at twenty two Creek, and you're probably going to get it. Yep, that's what you. That's what you need. Awesome answer. I've shot the twenty two Creed plenty myself. It is a good one. I'll put it right up there towards the top. So excellent answer. So you're not taking. You're not taking a. You're not taking a seventeen fireball. No, I mean you know, uh, so, uh, twenty two short would be option number two. Yeah, um, I know I, you I, love them. It, it'd be good for that snake. Yeah, I know you love the rim fire. So <laughs> that's kind of where that everybody knows. You know, we've been in plenty of arguments over rim fire, rim fire stuff for for coyotes. I know that the rim fires can kill coyotes, guys. Don't be sending no private messages, bad mouth me over talking about the rim fires. I know you can kill one every once in a while, but what if your life depended on it? You gonna take the rim fire, or you gonna choose some kind of center fire? I always love hearing, always love asking this question, hearing responses. I've got another one for you. And this is, uh, I don't think there's no right, there's no right or wrong answer to any of these, but there's definitely no right or wrong answer to this one. It's just another thing for personal preference, but I think it's pretty cool. I want to hear what your answer is. You're coyote hunting and you're packing a rifle. No shotgun like that. You've got a rifle. you got your 22 Creed. You call in multiple coyotes. You call in one of those great big old, family groups that everybody loves you know just that dream stand where you're calling in huge multiple groups after you drop that first coyote what is joy hartley doing next are you getting into your moat and trying to hit another sound to stop a second coyote or call more coyotes back in or you just start cranking off rounds magged up and see how many you can mow down before they get to cover no i'm i'm grabbing the remote Awesome. I love it. I love that uh, answer. And why is that? You have more confidence in calling them back in and getting a high percentage shot versus hitting a running coyote? I mean, I've hit a lot of running coyotes in my day. But if you shot the right coyote first, yeah, you know, chances are you're either stop some more of the coyotes in the field or call them back. Awesome answer. Awesome answer. Yep. I totally agree. That's that's great. There's no wrong answers. I mean, some people might be able to mag dump on these things, kill every coyote that come in there. But you've got enough confidence in how you read the body language of the group of coyotes that you came in. You felt like you're feeling like you're shooting the right coyote first to leave you extra chances to call other coyotes back in or stop them for good high percentage shots. Sounds like what you're telling me here. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we had that exact thing happen in October with Brick running a single-shot rifle, and he ended up getting three shots off because we just kept on calling coyotes back in. With a single shot. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. That's good stuff. I got one more question for you here. What is your top three favorite breeding season sounds? If you could just have three sounds, let me put it this way. I'm going to be hunting with you here for too long. I'm going to have you calling, Joy. I'm going to hand you an X24, and it's only going to have three sounds on it. But I'm going to let you pick those three sounds. What three sounds do you want for breeding season coyote calling success? All right. So I'm going to want my generic any pair how. Generic any pair how. So I get to pick yeah. that one. Yeah, pick it as long as it. It sounds like a coyote, and it's not you howling in the shower. We're good. Well, I'll pick that one for you, so I'm going to go ahead and throw it out here. I will pick 
I will pick Sister Powerhouse. Yep. MFK is a sister powerhouse. That's what you, you get. So there's your powerhouse. That's fine with me. Um, from there, I'm going to probably do submissive wines. Now, when you say submissive wines, which submissive wines are you talking about here? MFK Fox submissive Pro. wines. So you're talking about uh, Fox Pro's female coyote submissive. Ooh, that's a good one. That's we've talked. We, that sound has popped up on this podcast several times, and I've had people message me and they're like, "What is this female submissive you guys are talking about?" Sometimes we call it female sub, and you know we've you know we've got a few names that we call it. But it's, it's coyote. It's female coyote submissive. And dude, if you ain't playing that sound, you missing out. That is a excellent. Excellent, excellent sound from the Fox Pro Library. So great answer. I love that answer. You got one more to go. Man, put the pressure on me now. I'm gonna probably have to say Boone Smack Duo. Boone Smack Duo. So that surprises me you ain't thrown a, thrown a fight in here after you told me you like to throw in a fight there when you got coyotes coming back after after Rip's engaged. Yeah, but you know, um, having Rip on stand, that that speaks for itself a lot. Right. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You got that crutch. You got that crutch. I, yeah. I'll say I'll, that. He eats expensive dogs, but I'll lean on him when I can. Well, you need to. But, you know, if you've got those three sounds, you feel comfortable calling up any coyote in the country is what you're telling me. Yeah, absolutely. you got a good pair of how that's hitting triggers by itself. You've got a good pup to stress that's hitting triggers. And then you got female sub. Um, I think you can, you can build a sequence just off those three sounds. Awesome. I love it. Joy, we appreciate you coming on, bud. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, John. Hey, you want to leave us with anything? Well, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge to pass out, but, you know, um, if you want to see some cool dog and stuff, check us out on YouTube, Mangy Dog TV, and just uh, enjoy calling this winter. Be safe. Awesome. They can also find you on Facebook, Mangy Dog TV yep. on Facebook. What's, the Insta- what's your Instagram? Instagram's just uh, my name. Awesome. What about uh, y'all got some videos y'all throw up on TikTok? It's pretty cool. What's the TikTok handle? Uh, same thing, my name. TikTok's a hard one, man. It's it's hard to get good content up there without getting kicked off. Yeah, you got to you gotta watch what you're doing. Well, good stuff. We appreciate you coming on, Joy. Um, we hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and we hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.